You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Okay, so here we go. 2020, what in the actual heck happened? I feel I like I remember March 15th at our Bressy campus. This one wasn't open yet, and it was our last Sunday, and I was so mad. I was so stinking mad because I knew the next following week we are going to have to make a decision whether or not to close our church, and I was so mad because my husband and I have been in our church for 15 years, and our lead pastors, Pastor Jurgen and Leanne, came over 15 years ago from Australia, planted our church, opened this church with the start of like 10 people and a handful. My husband was one of them at the first services. And then um, we met and I came a few weeks later and got saved. But I, this, is, this is like my lifeblood. I'm like, oh my gosh, we can't, we can't close, we can't. And we ended up making a decision to close for a few months. That's before we learned a lesson or two. Um, and so now we have you know, the courage and strength to stay open now. But that was like, Oh my gosh, I never would have thought that that would be the conversation that we would have to have this year. And I'm sure for a ton of us sitting here, you've had a lot of situations, a lot of circumstances, a lot of things happen and conversations you never thought you would have in your lifetime. And it's a little bit of a roller coaster ride, right? It's been like the roller coaster ride that you're stuck on, that you feel like you're going to barf and you want to get off, but you can't get off because you're stuck. And the attendant forgot how to turn the thing off, so you're stuck, and you have to stay on it, and you just have to see what happens. <laughs> and all I want to do is go to Disneyland and ride an actual roller coaster. That's all I want to do. I'm like, we're going. After this is all said and done, and Disneyland is open again, and the world is back to normal, and there's, everything's amazing, we're going back. We're going back to Disneyland. So I want to show a few pictures, some memes I like memes. It brings a little bit of life and laughter to the situation. Here's the best birthday cake um, that they came up with for the birthday people. Pastor Samuel, that was your birthday cake. Hope you like it. <laughs> me taking my wife to get pampered. Yes. This was my husband and me coming back. Coming back. We're ha- I'm like, we're having church service. I need my hair done and stuff. Okay. I told my wife how thankful I was to have someone I enjoyed with during quarantine. She said, must be nice. Yes. <laughs> Okay, homeschool, oh, homeschool, homeschool. That was us, and now we're like dominating. We're like, I'm a homeschool mom. Before you're like, I'm a homeschool mom. Yes. Says enough, that says enough. Me seeing hand soap shelves empty in stores, wondering why people haven't been washing their hands till now. Okay, people, don't you know? Wash your hands. Yes, hang on for dear life. Mm-hmm. Remember when we got to use our vacation days for vacation? Mm-hmm. Good times. Good times. Spent all of 2019 canceling plans, but in 2020, you have no plans to cancel. Yeah. This gets me annoyed every time. Every time. It's so annoying. I'm like, you know me, phone. Physically, I'm two days away from July. Emotionally, still processing February. Yeah basically. Remember when we used to eat cake after someone blew all over it? Man, we were wild. (laughs) CVS receipts. If you're out of toilet paper, you can't find any, just go to CVS and buy buy one thing and you'll have like a mile long receipt. (laughs) Unlike stocks, toilet paper is a great investment. It's most valuable when it hits bottom. (laughs) Ew. Okay. So just to bring a little light 
and laughter to your life. I was looking those up the other night for an hour because I had to sift through the inappropriate ones because there's plenty. Um, and I just kept laughing like every few minutes and my husband comes out. He's like, what have you been doing? You're just sitting here laughing. I'm like, this is so awesome. <laughs> it's good to laugh. It's good to laugh. Um, so I wanted to bring up a couple people um, this morning because we have some incredible God stories. And we could spend the whole time doing this, but we meet every Tuesday for men's and women's prayer. And we spend about half the time sharing God stories because we never want to forget what God's done and what he's doing. Um, and so if I could have Rachel Finn and Ange, where are you, Ange? Beautiful Ange. And who's my, th- oh, Samuel. Pastor Samuel, come on up. So they each have one minute, and they're just going to tell you about the goodness of God in their life, even though 2020 was crappier. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, so when COVID hit, my amazing husband, who is the sole provider for our family, lost about 60% of his business and income. And then on top of that, we found out that we were going to have to move out of the house that we had been renting for five years, the same home that we brought our two babies home from the hospital um, with. And we had this choice whether we were going to go to fear or we were going to go to faith. And we chose we're going to faith. And so we said, okay, God, you got to move here. We don't have the finances yet to be able to do this, but we're going to reach out to our landlady and see if she'll sell us the house. And we did, and she said, yeah, I'm willing. I'll sell you the house. And that just opened up the door for God to give miracle after miracle after miracle to us in this. The first one was that she was selling us the house for $100,000 under market value. Amazing. Miracle number two is that one of our family members decided to co-sign on the loan with us and give us the deposit for the home. Miracle number two. Miracle number three was we had an amazing realtor, Katie Duth, and her team fighting tooth and nail to get this approved and for months and months helping us out only 10 days before our loan was supposed to close and finalize. It actually fell through. And so... At that point, we're heartbroken, and we're like, okay, God, actually, this is an opportunity. What are you going to do here? Because we just lost the house. And instead, what we saw was that we got a better loan, interest rate that was lower than has ever been seen before. It saves us hundreds of dollars on our mortgage a month, which makes it less expensive for us to have the mortgage than it would be to rent the home. And on top of that, yeah, that is clappable right there. But on top of that, after all that happened, we actually had an amazing couple from this church that we met for the very first time offer to pay for our first month's mortgage and $1,000 on top of that for expenses and things like that. So you can't tell me that God's not good and that what is dead, he cannot bring to life tenfold. So good. Okay, in October, I shared with Women's Prayer that I was 10 weeks pregnant with a baby that God had promised me years before that he was going to give me to bless me. And that took courage at 10 weeks, and I was, okay, I did it. That night I woke up and I was pouring out blood and cramping, and it continued. But the word God gave me was peace be still, and I'm a fighter. So I was like, okay, God. And that this was a time to receive. So my husband and I 
joined our girls together and we just started to worship and praise the Lord. And um, fast forward a week, I'd still been bleeding and Wednesday we met with the Valors and had a powerful time of inner healing and deliverance. And at the end of that, I, my, there was a shift in my body. I was on the ground with the worst nausea I've ever had and couldn't get off practically. Friday we went to the doctor and um, I'd started having this picture of calling my friends and telling them the baby's actually alive, like this little dream in my heart. And we went to the doctor, I went to the ultrasound and the baby waved at me. So God is good, God is faithful. When everything seems dead, he can raise it up again. How amazing. So good. Let's, uh, if ushers could grab tissue boxes, please. Wow. How, how amazing. Um, so at, at the beginning of this year, like many of you guys, you know, COVID hits, things start shutting down, which ended up literally shutting off, literally like a water faucet, my primary source of income because of, because of you know, a few uh, reasons why, you know, as far as, you know, my income sources. And so it was like, okay, this is going to be kind of interesting because we had really believed for 2020 that we we're going to buy a house. And so then all of a sudden, this is gone, but then God began to just show favor, pivoting. It's like number one word in, in 2020. Uh, God giving us favor and ideas. That had shut off, but then God began, began to give us ideas and strategy to actually uh, kind of push past the obstacles and actually make it an uh, opportunity, which was amazing. And then uh, uh, Katie, God bless Katie's, you know, real estate ex- uh, accelerated like never before. And everything God just kind of brought into alignment to see at the end of this year, we, we thought, man, are we still going to be able to make this happen? But we just kept believing, declaring men's prayer. Come on, just prophesying. You guys rallying around it. And we just closed it a couple weeks ago on a home. We're moving in next Sunday on a brand new home in 2020. Amen. Come on, give God some praise. How incredible is that? And I know literally we could spend the whole time on, on stories like that of people who have had God show up in their life miraculously, even in a climate that we've been living in in 2020. And ever since I became a Christian, Romans 8:28 has been my anchor scripture. All things work together for good for those that love the Lord. And never would I have thought that I needed to use that scripture so much as I would in this year, 2020. But the title of my message today is The Silver Lining. The silver lining, because in all of our lives, despite the circumstances we faced, the things that we faced in this year, um, there's silver lining for each and every one of us. You have to, if some of you have to look really close and hard, you might have to do that, but I promise you, you will find the goodness of God throughout some of those dark days. Amen? And so, um, I just, okay, wait a minute, pause. I just lost my train of thought, probably because my husband's here. Hi, babe. I love you. Are you going to be my biggest cheerleader? How come I got more nervous when you got here? Is that a sign? Do we need to work on something? Okay, good. So, so as long as we can focus on keeping the light in it and the positive things, laugh a little bit and focus on the positive things, um, Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, 
Present your requests to God, and the peace of God will transcend all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Another great scripture is Proverbs 15, 15. All the days of the oppressed are wretched, but the cheerful heart has a continual feast. And right now, more than ever, our mental health and the state of our minds um, is, is so powerful. Being intentional with making sure our mental health is strong. And two of those ways is, is find those silver linings, focus on those things, and find a little fun. We, we figured out how to have fun in 2020. I mean, you have to get a little bit creative, but you can do fun things. Charles Spurgeon once said, the mind can descend far lower than the body, for in it there are bottomless pits. The flesh can bear only a certain number of wounds and no more, but the soul can bleed in 10,000 ways and die over and over again each hour. And I want to put up a powerful um, statistic that just came out this week. And it's perfect timing. Um, if we have that, it's going to show you. It's, it's going to show you. Um, it's not going to show me? Okay. There's an incredible study. I'll put it on my Instagram so you can see it later. Um, but it shows that faithful church goers were the only people who reported improvements in mental health since last year. For those who reported weekly attendance at religious services, 46% reported their mental health as excellent up four points since 2019. So literally, those people that are going to church every week are the ones who are, are in a mental stability, emotional stability, a state that can carry them through the trials and the tribulations of the year. And I want to look at a guy in the Bible. His name is Joseph. We have Joseph because his life basically was like 2020, but like the whole life. And then it got good. <laughs> and the, Well, yeah, like his whole life, and then he died. Like it got good for a minute, and then he died. And so <laughs> I think that we can learn a lot from him. Um, so what happened is he has, he's born into a family of 11. He's the, the 12th brother. There is one sister, so there's 13 if you want to get technical with me. Um, but he is one of 11, 12 boys. And so he comes out, and he's 17 year old, years old, and God gives him these incredible dreams. God basically tells him, you are going to rule over this nation. And he was literally telling his brothers this, and they hated him for it. He was, first of all, he was his dad's favorite. Out of 12 boys, I'm sure there's lots of competition there. Samuel knows he has lots of brothers, um, but just a tad bit of competition, but they literally hated him because he was already dad's favorite boy, and he now has these dreams that he's going to be the ruler of everything. And so, um, Thankfully, he had one nice brother named Reuben, who after the, all the brothers said, let's pot out to kill uh, Joseph. And Reuben's like, no, let's not kill him. Let's just throw him in a pit. So they throw him in a pit and then they get, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you all this stories throughout the scripture, but just giving you kind of the brief overview. He gets pulled out of the pit, um, becomes a slave, so not that much better. But then he becomes like the overseer of his master's house. Um, and then he just finds God's favor all throughout his life. And he does end up becoming the ruler of that nation. Um, and so the first point I want to make this morning is number one, nothing can take away your God dreams. There is no government, there is no president, there is no governor, there is no virus that can take away the dreams that God has given you. There's a lot of things the enemy can take. 
Trust me, and I'm sure some of you have experienced some taking away in 2020. But there is one thing, and that's God's dreams, that you can, sure, can be sure to keep. In Genesis 37, 5 through 11, I kind of want to dive in a little bit to Joseph and how he dealt with the dreams that God gave him. Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. He wasn't shy with these dreams. I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, What is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. So here was Joseph having these incredible dreams from God, just trying to let them know, like, I'm sure he was an innocent, he didn't have any evil intent. Like, if God gives you a dream and you write on your vision card and you go to tell other people, you would expect your friends that people and family that love and care about you to be excited and jump right on board and say, yeah, let's make that dream happen. You're awesome. You can totally do that. But oftentimes that's not what happens, right? Oftentimes there's people in our worlds that will try to shut that down, will try to squat it and we'll try to get you convinced that that wasn't a God dream. That's just you being silly. You're crazy. And I want to um, show you something that I did at one of our Cherish conferences. This was during the Look Up conference. And um, we were to write what we were looking to God for and the God dreams that he's given us. And I wrote this on mine. It says, loving mommy, great pastor, lover of Jesus, preacher lady, lovely, loving wife, Am I doing okay? Uh, great friend, great leader, and full of love. And I can tell you when I wrote this that it, I didn't necessarily believe that these were all me. Like, this was actually quite a bit of a stretch, which is a little bit sad now saying it. But, but this was years and years ago before I knew what God had for me. But I was just going off of what God had shown me for my life. And it's amazing to see who and what tries to discourage you and tear you down from your dream. Because once you get that God dream, it should be bigger than you think. There should be a level of, okay, this scares me. And, and for me, there was a lot of, okay, I don't see that, and this scares me. But God's calling us to see what he has for us, um, to, look, to dive deep and let it stretch you. Let it make you a little bit afraid. My motto has been, do it afraid. I'm like, again, God, I'm afraid. Do it afraid okay, here we go, and here we are. So be encouraged. Um, most of us came into 2020 with a dream, and a lot of things have happened, um, but there is silver lining, and God is still showing up, and God still has an incredible dream for your life. I want to show you a quick illustration here. I need a volunteer. Who can run? Matt, babe, Pastor Matt, Dr. Matt, come up here. Husband Matt, amazing Matt, okay? Uh, over there. Thank you. <laughs> So I was praying the other day, and God literally showed me this. So I was on a walk, and my a husband appeared before my eyes. No, just kidding. I was on a walk, and um, God said, close your eyes and see how long you can walk straight without going off the line. So I'm going to do that right now, and I want you to tell me when I go off the line, okay? 
This is the only time your whole life you're allowed to judge me. Okay. Okay, see, it's pretty much instantly. Thank you, handsome volunteer. Wow. Wow. Pretty much instantly. Because when we are awakened to a God dream and then we, we see it, if we close our eyes any little bit, we instantly fall off track. It's, it's like an instant, and it's easy. It's like it's, it's easy to fall off track. Things happen, and people say things, and all of a sudden, your God dream was that way, and you went this way, and then there's this massive gap. And so just in an instant, if we don't keep our eyes open and focus on what God has for us, we will be sidetracked, we will be thrown off, and you won't be walking straight anymore. I love Joseph because he's able to stay in faith despite the troubles because he knew that those dreams were downloaded from God. So many blessings that I walk in now are things that I prayed for and dreamed of. And I want to put a picture of my three little miracle children up here on the screen. Micah, Maverick, and Merrick. Okay, like for real, Merrick's face, I can't handle it. It's like I just want to squeeze. He's so flipping cute. Um... But, so, before we had Micah, I was told 0% chance of having um, babies naturally. And then um, I went to the doctor before we had Maverick, and they said, not, not going to work again. And then went back to the doctor before we had Merrick, and they said, no, nah, you probably should just be happy with two. And here we are with three miracles. And so, all that to say is that we need to rehearse the promises of God and not the reports of man. Because if I would have rehearsed the reports of every doctor that I went through, then the, these children would not be here. And because of the grace of God and because I stayed focused on the God dream, I was able to experience a miracle. Three miracles. Three miracles. Amen. And I got to be honest, like my 2020... Just because I'm a pastor and just because I lead things and I work for the church doesn't mean I'm immune to the nonsense of 2020. Actually, in I had a mid-year crisis around July. My husband can attest to this, and he's probably shocked I'm talking about it. But um, I, you know, the first two weeks we, when we first closed the church, the first two weeks were fun. I'm like, oh my gosh, freedom! Like I can do whatever I want all the time. This is awesome. But wait, what am I going to do? <laughs> And so, you know, I had a fun few weeks, and then it, I quickly realized, I'm like, what, this doesn't feel awesome. And I started to feel worse and worse and worse to the point where coming back a few months later, I found myself in my counselor's chair saying, I don't even know if I want any of what I had. The only thing that I know for certain that I want to keep is my marriage. Other than that, like, it can all go away, and I won't care. And that's so far off of what the God dream is for my life, so far off. And the enemy even had convinced me at one point, I just remember like in my head going, you're not going to campus pastor at San Marcos. It's going to be someone else. Like you're, you just wait and see. And it was so amazing how God used that time to show me like, this is what people are experiencing on many different levels in their lives. If you're experiencing this level of attack, imagine what other people are experiencing. And I can't say that I immediately got back to normal. Like, I can now say I'm 95% back to normal. Like, I'm not ever going to say I'm perfect 100%. But 95, like, I, I feel much even better before, like, yeah. 
the shutdown and before the lockdown. I feel even more excited, more passionate, more on fire for God. But it was a process. And I had to literally sometimes make myself go to church. I had to sometimes make myself call somebody, call a friend, ask for prayer. I had to make myself, none of it I felt like doing. And so, but I had to realize what the enemy was trying to do to steal the dream that God had for my life. What is the... Uh, What is the dream God gave you that you might have given up on? Or does God need to show you what his dream is for your life? Amen. Number two, moving right along. Number two, maintain character through crisis. Ouch. Okay. Just because people are behaving a certain way around us doesn't mean we can change our behavior. So if you call yourself a Christian, and listen, this is a daily challenge for me and more my husband. Because there are mean people, there are rotten people trying to do really evil things. And there is such thing as righteous anger, but it doesn't change our behavior. It doesn't change the way we behave as believers, as Christ followers. We are the salt and the light in this world. We are to be the ones to, yes, stand up strong and confidently in our convictions, but do it with love and with grace. And so, you know, when someone posts something ridiculous on Instagram that's like crazy and you go to respond like this and you just feel yourself and I look over and my husband's stewing and I'm like let me read that before you post it (laughs) but it happens to all of us it happens to all of us there's there's things that people do have done in this year that you just want to but what are we called to we are called to live above report reproach it says in Titus 1 7 Since an overseer manages God's household, he must be blameless, not overbearing, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not pursuing dishonest gain. So how do we maintain character? One of the biggest ways to do that is community. And I can tell you that because when I was in my season of ish for a few months, I can tell you community and the church was what brought me back. It was God, of course, a relationship with God and having a continual conversation with God, but coming back into a community of believers who love me, who support me, and also hold me accountable. How do we act when our integrity gets challenged? How do we act? This is what Joseph did. Amazing. In Genesis 39, 6 to 9, he was handsome in form and appearance. It came about after these events that Potiphar's Um, wife looked with desire at Joseph and she said lie with me but he refused and said to his master's wife behold with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house and he has put all that he owns in my charge there is no one greater in this house than I and he has withheld nothing from me except you because you're his wife how then could I do this great evil and sin against God so here's a man like the temptation must have been so great but he stood up against that temptation. He maintained his character and he made a decision to say, no, my father has given me this responsibility. My father has given me this call and I am not gonna make, I'm not gonna do anything to make that go away. I'm not gonna do anything to compromise that call. We do not act according to how others act. A professor of neuroscience at Thomas Jefferson University conducted an experiment um, with mice to see how isolation affects the brain. And if we're wondering why people are acting a little bit crazy right now, and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to match your craziness, but I can't. 
like people have been in isolation. We got to have so much grace because do you realize in this study, he found that after one month of isolation, the neurons in the sensory and the motor parts of the mice brains shrank by 20%. Like, oh my goodness. Like you, you look at someone and what they're saying and doing seems 20% off. It's well, 20% of their brain is like literally melting because they've been in isolation. And it says the shrinkage remains steady, steady after three months in isolation. Like how long have we, were we in isolation for, you know, at least three months? So that just goes to show that literally we need community. We need accountability. The church is essential. The church is essential. Joseph sat, set the thermostat over his life. And that's what we're called to do as believers. Are we the thermostat or the thermometer? Do we set the tone? We set the climate for the people around us? You let people rise, and you give grace to the people who don't rise. But we are the ones who set the tone for our lives. How is our character a reflection of God in our lives? How is our character a reflection of God in our lives? Number three, God's favor follows you in the valley. As believers, there's something called the fog, the favor of God that we get to walk in no matter the circumstances, no matter what valley you're in, no matter what pit you're in, no matter what jail you're in, the favor of God follows you. Genesis 39, 21 to 23. This is, um, the Lord was with Joseph and extended kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. The chief jailer committed to Joseph's charge all the prisoners who were in the jail so that whatever was done there, he was responsible for it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him and whatever he did, the Lord made him to prosper. God is with you in all seasons. God is with you in 2019. He's with you in 2020. He's with you in 2021. He's going to be more with you in 2021, 2022. And Psalm 23, 4, it says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, will fear no evil, for you are with me, your rod and staff, they comfort me. And in these times where it can be so easy to get frustrated, to get thrown off, to get down and, and depressed, um, what, I'm, what I want to show you and tell you is that just because 2020 hit doesn't mean God's favors left us. God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. In fact, Malachi 3.6, I, the Lord, do not change, so you, the descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Some of us feel like we're living in a pit or in a jail cell because we can't go out to eat at the restaurants we want to eat at, and we can't go the place we want to go and have the fun things we want to stay and do all these amazing things in 2020. But it doesn't stop here. It ain't over till it's over. God's favor hasn't left us. 2020 is not over. And guess what? It's only like two more weeks of it. So just start saying, you know what? 2021 is going to be the best year of my life. Just start prophesying it. Write it all over your things. I write my things I want to believe about myself. I write it on my mirror in my bathroom. Ask my husband. It says, um, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. That's the one that's on there right now. Number four, as we come to a close. Do I have keys? I thought I heard you, amazing people. Thank you. Number four, see obstacles as opportunities. One of the biggest opportunities that Joseph took advantage of was forgiveness. And forgiveness, I, unforgiveness is, is an obstacle. I see many people struggle time after time again and go around the same mountain over and over again of unforgiveness. Genesis 50, 17 says, 
This is um, Jacob speaking to Joseph. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When their message came to him, Joseph wept. And the Bible doesn't say why he wept. And Google doesn't say why he wept. So I say why he wept is because forgiveness is tough. Forgiveness is, can be a very hard, challenging obstacle, a very hard thing to get around. And what, I, what happens is unforgiveness is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. If we literally keep that hurt, that pain wrapped up in unforgiveness, and I'm not trying to discount the hurt and the pain that you may have walked through recently or in your life, but if we are bound by unforgiveness, it literally will trample the legacy that God wants you to live out, the legacy that he wants you to create for generations to generations. And oftentimes marriages end because at the very bottom of all the crap is unforgiveness. And then it tears apart families and then there's kids who are lost and all of these things happen. And there's no judgment there if that has happened in your life. But God wants to fully redeem all of that. And he can. He can fully redeem all of it. Forgiveness is a hard thing to move past a hurt. But it is a main obstacle that God is asking us to do. Genesis 5.20 says this. You intended to harm me. And this is how he responds to his brothers who hurt him. So like they literally tried to, tried to kill him. And he knows this. And now he's the ruler of Egypt, and he, it, he has the key to their future. And so if, if Joseph decided, you know what? You guys were horrible to me. I am not going to forgive you. Then we might not even be sitting here today, <laughs> to be quite honest. Because he chose to say this, you intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And just as it is for Joseph, as it is for us, if we can extend forgiveness, it will cause the saving of many lives. It'll affect legacies. It'll affect generations because of the decision we make to forgive. So in order to see the silver lining in your life, we must focus on the God dreams, maintain character in the crisis, walk in God's favor, and see obstacles as opportunities. Amen. I have one last slide I want to show you for fun. I hope we have it. Okay. Just to inspire you. If you're like, everything's canceled. No, it's not. Coffee is open. The coffee shop. Sun is not canceled. Spring is not canceled. Relationships are not canceled. Love is not canceled. Reading is not canceled. Devotion is not canceled. Music is not canceled. Praise Jesus. Imagination is not canceled. Kindness is not canceled. Conversations are not canceled. And hope is not canceled. Amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.